Hi, my name is Mark Riggins, and I'm the senior pastor here at LifePoint Church. Thank you for joining us today. If you'd like a little more information about our church, check out lpchurch.us. I hope today's message is an encouragement to you. Hey, we should have an extra hour of sleep and make an announcement every Sunday. It is good to see you all here today. I'm grateful that you made it. And I just want to let you know that if you're new here today, what we are going to talk about is a significant update and announcement for the future of our church. And so just know this is not going to be a typical service. It isn't going to be a typical message, but I am so glad that you're here because you get to hear the heart of our church. You get to see the heart of our church. And just know that a lot of the decisions that we're going to talk about today were made with you in mind. In other words, we have a heart for our community and the people who aren't here yet. And so we're glad that you're here today. Now, what I'm going to do, though, just so you know, is I'm going to stay a little more tied to my notes than usual simply because I don't want you to miss any of the information and I have a lot that I want to share with you. And before I even give the update, I just want to maybe get us all on the same page by giving some important background information that I think will catch all of us up for those who may be newer to our church. And so let me begin back in May of 2021 when we shared with the church that God had called us to two things. He had called us to sell the Plano campus. We'll talk about that in a minute. And he had called us to establish a church up north or north of Plano. And we'll talk about that in a minute as well. And what I want to talk about is how did we discern that? I think that's important that we continue to talk about that. How did we discern that God called us to sell the campus? And how did we discern that God wanted us to establish a church up north? Well, here are four of the reasons that helped us discern that. Number one... In transparency, there has been a 10-year decline um, here at our Plano campus in attendance, in engagement, in overall ministries. At the same time, the costs have not declined for the building. In fact, this is an unusually large facility, over 120,000 square feet, and so the facility costs have been extremely high, increasingly high for a congregation our size. Third, the area to the north was growing exponentially, particularly with young families and many um, fewer churches. And then fourth, there was an unsolicited serious buyer who came to offer to buy this property. So all of these things were sort of happening and we're just sort of realizing, okay, God, what are you up to? We went into a season of prayer as leadership. And what the buyer offered that was really unique was they offered the option for a two-year leaseback. You may remember we've talked a little bit about that, that when the purchase of the building, this facility, there was also with that the option for a two-year leaseback. So that was very attractive for us for two important reasons. Originally, it was attractive simply because we ended up being, uh, we needed to have an alternative location and we didn't have one. And so um, we wanted to be able to, to have that. Do we have those slides, Maria, the, the reasons for the two-year lease back and why those were attractive? Uh, it was originally attractive because we didn't have um, 
the, the, another location, but also it was attractive because we wanted to discern God's long-term plan for Plano. And the two-year leaseback sort of invited us to be able to um, have some time there. So in 2021, we really began a long-term negotiation process with this buyer for the sale of the Plano campus. And then you fast forward the clock. That's one piece. Remember the other piece is establishing the church up north. And so in October of 22, this past October, we began to realize, well, how do we take steps toward that piece, the piece of establishing a church to the north? And we began to pray about how God would allow for that. And what the staff discerned was there was three big hurdles. Number one, finances. It's very expensive to do that. And frankly, we didn't have the financial margin to do that. Number two, we didn't have a facility in the area that we were looking. There aren't facilities available. And then number three, it would take a bunch of volunteers to help make that happen because unlike a church plant when you do a church campus we all kind of expect the same ministries at the same level and that takes a lot of people to pull off and so we just began to pray and you remember I shared with you the 3,500 year old words of Moses uh, of, of God to Moses when he was kind of up against the wall and God whispered to Moses well now you will see what I will do and we began to pray together. In fact, that's when we had our very first gather. You remember that last October, a year ago, last October? We got together and we were praying together as a church about the future of our church. And as we prayed, we were wrestling with, God, would you just do what only you can do and lead us with discernment and lead us in accordance to your plan. And that is when we began to anticipate that God would do something and suddenly God began to do something. In fact, what I would call the Rock Hill miracle. Because it was that time when God provided the single largest donation, financial donation, in the 34-year history of our church to pay for the cost for the first three years of the new campus. In the same month, this high school that wasn't available became available in the very area we were looking. And then 125 of you stepped up and said, I'll help. I'll help make this happen. I'll make sure the ministries are available. And so on Easter Sunday of this year, we launched Rock Hill Campus. And you might be thinking, well, thank you, Mark, for the background. I knew most of that already. What's the update? That's what I would be thinking. Well, let me give you an update for both campuses and then an announcement. An update on both campuses. Well, as of June of this year, you may remember we shared that we are under contract. And yes, that's how long the negotiations took. But we are under contract with a charter school for this campus. And just know the contract is progressing well. It's, a, it's a, an intentional process with an inspection period where they've invested heavily, a design period, and they are fully funded, the buyer, and now we are looking at closing on that contract in early 24, early 2024, perhaps around March. At the same time, Rock Hill, that campus, has become a viable campus. And what I mean by that is, congregation or the core is strong the volunteers are consistent they've got their jobs down they're in it and we have a good relationship with the school district so that has become a viable campus also Rock Hill has four times the number of guests that we were having before 
many who are younger families. And finally, and this is an important part of the update, the Plano campus has continued to be in the decline. You may know that may have noticed that we have reduced the auditorium a couple of times here in this room. Uh, we've moved children from the bigger room to the front area, and we've continued to try to even navigate rooms there where we've seen the decline, certainly among the kids. So when leadership factors all these things in, both the board and pastors, it's led to an important decision, and so here is today's announcement. Because God has called us to establish a church up north, and because the decline in Plano continues, I and the LifePoint Church leadership have decided to unite our ministries at Rock Hill Campus beginning Easter Sunday, March 31st of next year, 2024. That we believe this is the best opportunity that we have to advance the gospel in Collin County. Let me give you some, some details and we'll kind of work through this. You may be wondering, well, what about the service? I've kind of gotten used to the nine o'clock service. Well, are we gonna have two services? Well, just know that the goal is to have two services again as soon as possible. Right now, the goal would be by the fall. But as we begin to combine the ministries, we will start with one service on Easter Sunday at 10.30. What about online service? Those of you who are watching online, you may be wondering, what about online services? Just know, we plan to continue online services. The format may change, but our goal is for that to go completely uninterrupted. So here's the announcement in one sentence. Based on what we know now, our last service at Plano will be Sunday, March 24th, 2024, and our first combined service will be at Rock Hill, Easter Sunday, March 31st at 10.30. Now you might be asking, but what about the two-year leaseback? Which was an option that was originally attractive for those two primary reasons. We didn't know God's long-term plan for ministry through LifePoint and Plano, and we didn't have an alternative location. However, as the declining trend at Plano has continued, along with the viability of the Rock Hill campus, it now makes investing in the leaseback unnecessary and unwise. Now, I know this is a special place for a lot of us. I know there are many memories here at Plano. And so right now, I want you to hear from Matt Pfizer. Now, many of you know PG, Pastor George, who is our founding pastor. And Matt is, and we're going to hear from PG in a bit. Matt is PG's son, and he's been attending LifePoint his whole life or since he was four years old. And so uh, I just asked him just to share his heart. So I want you to watch this. Hi, I'm Matt Pfizer. Some of you may know me as that guy who always wears flip-flops or... PG's son, or some of you may think that I'm my younger brother David, which I am not. <laughs> That's okay. I forgive you if you do. Um, but, uh, so, being uh, my dad's son, uh, I've been around here for quite some time. Uh, even before this building was around, um, when we were meeting in schools and even a hotel before schools, uh, doing church. So we got a lot of good memories from 
those times and times in this building. Um, I remember even before this building was built, right after we purchased the land, uh, my dad and some people from the church, uh, along with myself and my brothers, camped out on the land, kind of like a dedication of sorts. A year or so, maybe more back, <clears throat> when I learned that um, we were thinking about moving sites, a lot of different emotions came over me. You know, just due to my history and uh, the ties I have, um, experiences, and just seeing how other people have grown uh, in the church. Um, but I've always felt very positive about, about the move, I'd say. I feel like for a while, God's been calling us to make a change. God's will, his plan, something. Um, it's uh, hard to describe, but um, talking through it with my dad, other leaders in the church, it's just become very clear that God wants us to move. If it costs me an extra 15 minutes, an extra hour, why not? I want to be part of God's plan. And if that's what it costs me, then <laughs> that's fine with me. Um, and I would encourage others to maybe think along the same lines. We can get so wrapped up in our day-to-day goings-ons, our busyness, our schedules, soccer practice after baseball practice require, who knows what. I mean, I don't even know what my kids have going on this weekend. <laughs> but um, it's easy to get lost in that and lose sight of what's really important. As one chapter ends, it's not the end of the story. It's just a chapter. This new chapter is unfolding. And I'm excited for it. I want to see what God has in store for us, for our church. because. Even though we're moving buildings, our church family is coming along with us. And we're going to be able to make all sorts of great new memories, meet new friends, welcome new people into our church family, and just grow and thrive. And I just want to see what happens next. Well, I know a lot of you have special memories here as well. In fact, one of the things that we want to invite you to do is in the weeks ahead, we're gonna ask you to help us figure out and identify ways to celebrate what God has done here over the years as a church family to be able to enjoy and remember those, those moments and those times. Now, I mentioned Pastor George, our founding pastor, and you might just be wondering, well, what does he think about all this? And uh, one of the things that PG and I have done is we've kind of walked this whole journey together and uh, that's usually been over a hamburger at Country Burger here in Plano, a few too many. We go once or twice every month. And uh, I just asked him to share a quote. I'm going to have him come up and pray here in a few minutes. But here's a quote where PG just kind of summarized his thoughts on this. I think this is, uh, is relevant. He said, you have to be blind not to see God's hand in all this. God bringing the Riggins to Life Point, God supplying the money for the second campus, and God opening the high school. I am convinced 
that this is the right thing to do. LifePoint Church has always been about the advancement of the gospel, sharing Jesus and building believers from the first day of our existence back on March 12th, 1989. So I'm fully behind Pastor Mark and the board in this decision. So again, we'll have Pastor George come up and pray here in just a few minutes. But right now, I want to invite uh, Kate McBride. She is our board chair to come and share. And what she'll be able to do is share a little bit, not only from her personal perspective, but also from the board's perspective. So would you welcome Kate? Thank you, Kate. Good morning. You know, it was back in 1996 that my husband Will and I started attending LifePoint Church over in the little house before this auditorium was built. And in the 28 years that we've been attending, God has used LifePoint Church to really uh, magnify our faith and grow our faith. We made deep friendships here. We were blessed by serving in LifePoint Kids. And just coming here together with you every Sunday morning brought me a lot of uh, encouragement and comfort. It was in 2002, over 20 years ago, that I joined the LifePoint Board of Directors. And just like those of you who serve, you know, I found a place to use my gifts. And I'm here to give you some, I'd like to give you some background on today's announcement from the board's perspective. Uh, it was four years ago, as Pastor Mark said, that actually the board was knee-deep in the senior pastor search process, and the charter school approached LifePoint wanting to buy the campus. And it came out of left field because we weren't selling the campus. Um, but I, I deemed it what I call a shoe fly, like a, a distraction. And the board vetted the offer, determined it wasn't a serious offer, and rejected it. But I now look back and think that is when God was first trying to get our attention about the possibilities a campus sale here might bring. Um, it got the board thinking, praying, brainstorming about those possibilities. Three years ago, the board was interviewing Pastor Mark as a final candidate in the search process, and we had a transparent process, as he mentioned, and we told him about the decline in attendance, attendance being down, expenses not being down, and um, Pastor Mark had seen the campus at that point, and just like all of us, you know, he loves this campus, but he understood the numbers, and together we... Um, we had ideas that we shared, and the board did briefly give him an indication that this campus would not be a, what I call a sacred cow, should God lead us to relocate. Now, a few months later, the charter school was back, this time with a serious offer, and uh, it was only two weeks after Pastor Mark had formally accepted the call to be our senior pastor, and he wasn't scheduled to start for a few weeks, but the board got in touch with him and said, hey, this shoe fly has become something we're really looking at now. We had engaged an attorney and a broker for professional advice, and we were praying. And Mark said, you know, he was enthusiastic about the possibilities and applauded our efforts. So consequently, you may remember in May of 21, 2021, all the board was on stage here, and uh, as it was announced that this campus was, the intent was to sell it. And we followed that up with some town hall meetings uh, to exchange information. So uh, then we went into the lengthy negotiation process, and I'm telling you, it was lengthy. It took forever. But um, it's been two and a half years now, and as Pastor Mark said, in that two and a half years, God brought us a buyer for the Plano campus, and LifePoint launched the Rock Hill campus. So the Plano campus is under contract right now. We anticipate it to close in the next couple months. 
And last month, the board agreed with the pastors that, um, well, it unanimously voted to close the ministries here at Plano no later than March 24th and to consolidate at Rock Hill by March 31st. So I know this brings inconvenience to some, and I can empathize because my husband, Will, and I, we live in Dallas, so it adds 15 minutes to our church commute. But personally, we plan to keep driving to Rock Hill because we, mostly because we believe in the mission of Life Point Church, and also because this is our church family. So uh, in closing, I just am so grateful for all God has done at Life Point Church and all I anticipate he will do. He's not finished yet. Um, I think we do well to remember this is his church and he has big plans for it. So we're going to go get that wave up there. And last, just thank you so much for your continued prayers for Life Point Church and for its staff and its leadership. Thank you. Thank you, Kate and Will, for your many years. Um, and you may be just wondering, well, so then what about the future? What about a future campus? Um, just know Rock Hill is not our permanent location. Um, we are looking for a new permanent location. We've engaged with a commercial broker who's actively looking for properties uh, north of here. In fact, it is the exact same brokerage firm that found this location 30 years ago. Uh, in fact, the man who found this location, when I told uh, PG who the board had hired to be our broker for the next location, he said, you do know it's his dad who found this location. And so our prayer is he will find an equally attractive and great property for us. We've also established a kind of new campus team that is working with this broker and looking at potential properties and making recommendations to the board. And the great news is that all of the investment in this property will be then used, everything that's uh, gained from the sale of this property will be used into the new property. So if you've made an investment to make this a reality, the beautiful thing of this story is it will be liquidated and transferred and continue to be used in Collin County to advance the gospel through LifePoint Church. Now, I know that a day like today involves a lot of emotions. Some of you are excited because you're just early adopters and you're like, let's go, there's something new, there's a, you have an entrepreneurial spirit and you're already in that place. Some of us might be in the place of grief because instead we see what will be lost and there's pain there some of us might just be in the place of fear where we well there's just a lot of unknowns and I don't know what's next and but I think most of us are in that place of disorientation and that's what transitions are always about aren't they where we're going from what was to what will be and we're in that unsettling place of unknown and we all know what that feels like and I just want you to know when we're in that place of going from what was maybe we're into what is and we're anticipating what will be that there is no pressure on, from me or from our leadership to rush you through it and to ask you to put on some kind of persona or to ignore emotions. We want to take this journey together. And our invitation to you is what we are striving to do along with you, and that is to simply trust the providence of God in our church's future and for your individual future, for your family's future. And you might be asking, well, 
Mark, are you excited? And the answer is yes. But I'm also scared. I'm scared because I want to obey God and I want you to like me. I'm scared because I know this decision in the end will reflect on me. But even though I'm scared, I don't want this to be about me. I want this to be about our collective obedience. In the end, here's the mantra I've shared with the board a couple of times. And it is a mantra that's not original with me. Dr. Charles Stanley, who's in heaven now, coined it many years ago, and that is to obey God and leave all the consequences with him. I'll just tell you what you already know. Jesus is king, not me. God is on his throne, not me. This is his church, not mine. And he has said go, and our commitment, our attempt will be to simply obey him. But please hear me say this. I want to personally invite you to go with us, to take this journey with us. And let me just address the elephant in the room. Kate's already mentioned it. Inconvenience. This will be inconvenient for many of us. And let's be honest, change is hard anyway, especially when it involves an inconvenience. Because for some of us, it's going to be an inconvenient extra 15-minute drive every week. For some of us, if God leads us elsewhere, it's going to be the inconvenience to relationally start over somewhere else. Inconvenience. The inconvenience is kind of unavoidable, isn't it? But let me give you three reasons why I believe this inconvenience is worth you considering the 15 minutes. Number one... Our mission is to share Jesus and build believers. It's what we've been about. It's what we will be about. It's when Jesus said, if I were to summarize what you should do from here on in Matthew 18, 28, uh, Matthew 28, 18, he said, what I want you to do from here on out is to go and make disciples, not sit and be a disciple. I want you to go and make disciples of all nations. By the way, did you know that at Rock Hill, they have over 60 flags around the world represented in the rotunda from a student from every one of those nations. You're talking about the nations coming together. He says, go and make a disciple of all nations, baptizing them. In other words, there's going to be evangelism, which is the share Jesus part, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and then teaching them to obey everything I have commanded. This is the building believers. And then he promises, and I will be with you always, even to the end of the age. We're going to be about that mission, and we always will be. Number two, another reason I think the inconvenience of 15 minutes is worth it is our vision where anyone can belong before they believe, meaning the people that you know who are doubting, who've given up on church, who've given up on God because of an experience or because of a doubt, we want to be a place that partners with you, that you can invite them here, where they'll be able to receive what they need, where they will be encouraged from the word, and we will talk to them as well as you every week. We want this to be a place where they can belong. Your neighbor, your coworker, your family member, we want them to be able to be here. And then finally, the faith of the next generation. You may remember this over the last four weeks. If you've been around here, we've been going through the book of Philippians, written by the Apostle Paul, who was under house arrest, writing about joy. 
I am so inspired, like many of you, by the first century Christians because they were the first ones who were initially handed the baton of the gospel and then challenged to go and hand the baton of the gospel to the next generation. They were the ones who did what we are attempting to do. And sometimes I wonder if it had been me, if it had been us, would we have had enough faith to get the gospel out of the first century? Because every generation has the responsibility to pass the gospel on to the next. And so we are asking this question, what is the faith of the next generation worth? And this isn't a new question from us. This is a question every generation has to wrestle with. It's it's a, a generational question because we all had the gospel handed to us. If you weren't raised in a Christian home, you have now an opportunity to pass it on to your kids and grandkids. What is the faith of the next generation worth? The truth is, LifePoint Church exists today because of the faith of folks more than 30 years ago who took a risk and they came here and they took that baton of the gospel and they passed it on to us. And now we stand on their shoulders. And because of them, it's very easy to imagine our future, isn't it? Think about it. We've already lived it. 34 years ago, a group of people answered this question, what is the faith of the next generation worth? And they said the answer was everything. I don't know if you know this, but the Pfizer's not only moved here from Missouri, but Dr. Chalk and others moved from out of state as well to come here for the sole purpose of establishing a local church that would outlive them. That is a profound sacrifice that answers this question. The faith of the generation, the next generation, is worth everything. Meanwhile, while they were making all these sacrifices with the idea of starting a church in an elementary school with tiny little chairs that were way too small for adults, right? Like many of you lived that as well. What was happening at the same time was Collin County residents were completely oblivious. They were busy with their lives, unaware of the sacrifice being made. But one day this church was born on March the 12th, 1989 because of the sacrifice of those. And over the last 34 years, thousands of lives have been changed. Many of them are represented in this room. And now it's our turn. Now it's our turn to answer the question, what is the faith of the next generation worth to you? And for me, when I think of this question, the way I have decided to answer this question is the faith of the next generation is worth everything. And that means for me, I've got to lay aside my fear that I feel and move ahead anyway in obedience to God. See, God is leading LifePoint, as we sang earlier, to do it again. And he is leading the way. Just north of here, there are a massive number of residents busy living their life, completely oblivious that we are having this conversation and that many of us are going to sacrifice in order to establish a church so that over the next few decades, once again, thousands of lives can be changed by him and for him. I imagine that first Sunday when our new campus opens its doors and people, many who are far from God, stream in And when they come in, we have the privilege of sharing the hope of Jesus, the good news. We have the opportunity to then pass the baton of the gospel to the next generation. All because we partnered to obey him. See, I believe 
there are a lot of things that you can do that are more comfortable, that are more convenient, but there is nothing that you can do that is more consequential than joining Jesus in building his church. And this is an invitation from me to you. Would you join me in building his church for the sake of those who aren't here yet? We're gonna continue to build believers, get in community and grow our faith together. We must do that, but we can't lose sight of the gospel opportunity that's in front of us. As PG says, our faith is rooted in the past, but it is focused on the future. And I can't help but believe God is continuing to whisper, now you will see what I will do as you obey me. So you say, well, what's the next step? Well, the next step is prayer. Because after all, nothing significant happens apart from prayer. And so I want to invite you to our next gather where we're going to pray next Sunday night at 530 and we're going to pray together about the future. Last month, we met here in Plano. Next month, we're going to meet near the Rock Hill campus at Life Journey Church in Prosper. And let's keep gathering, and let's keep praying, and let's keep trusting, and let's keep obeying. Now, as we wrap up, we've created a FAQ page for you that you can go on the website now, later. It'll always be available. You can share it with others. Also, if you have any questions beyond the FAQ page, then I just want to invite you to reach out. Pastor Dennis is a great point of contact. He's been on staff for more than 20 years. He has walked through this process as our executive pastor of operations, and that's his email. You didn't mind me sharing that, did you, Dennis? All right. <clears throat> Finally, I want to make myself available. I've, I've put together a couple of Mondays, a week from tomorrow, two weeks from tomorrow, if you just want to meet with me, I want to be completely available to you. And so that same email, Pastor Dennis, if you'll let him know, hey, I want one of those appointments, then I would love to meet with you. And if you're new here today, I hope you can see how much we are on mission for God and how much we care about people. If you're a regular attender, I hope you know how much we care about you and we want to partner with you to advance God's mission. And finally, just remember this. Over the next few months, nothing changes. We will continue to meet here at 9 o'clock. We will continue online at 9 o'clock. And Rock Hill will continue at 10.30. In fact, I want to invite you next week to come back for our Outside the Walls as we launch into serving the other people outside of these walls the least of these. But right now, I want to invite my friend and our founding pastor, Pastor George, to come and just pray for our church and to pray for our future. And uh, so, PG, I'll just turn it over to you to pray for us. Thanks, Mark. Let's give it, I want to, let's give it up for Pastor Mark, the staff, and the board. These are tough decisions. And they're emotional, aren't they? Because when you're in transition, though, I've always taught, and you've heard me say this, you don't solve problems by what you don't know. You solve problems by what you do know. And we know a lot of things about God. I'm not as good as Kate. I can't memorize these things. 
But I've written a prayer that I want to pray for us because I know there's a lot of emotions that are going on. But hopefully in this prayer, as we pray, God will reveal his will for each and every one of us here because the gospel's got to advance. So let's pray. Dear Father, we come to you on this historical moment of our church family, acknowledging that you are sovereign, that nothing escapes your notice, that you know all things, that you know the end from the beginning, and that you are a father who is working for your glory in the advancement of your church in ways that we don't understand to bring about life. We cling to your promises at this time that the gates of hell will not prevail against your church and that the promise that all things work together for good for those who love the Lord and have been called according to your purpose. As our Father, we come to you and we ask that you would help us grow in our faith. For without faith, it is impossible to please you. And Father, we love you and we want you to be pleased. Help us to know you better through your leading. For you have said, this is life that we might know you and your son whom you have sent. And Father, we need life. We desire a vibrant life and we want there to be new life. Right now, for some of us, our hearts are broken and we are grieving for the life that we have experienced in these walls. We know that you are with us, that you care, that you are a God of comfort who will restore the life within us. For others of us, God, our minds are confused and we need direction on which way to go. We need to know that you will make a way just like you did for Moses and your people, leading them out of Egypt to the promised land. And just like you did Daniel in the lion's den, rescuing him from death. And like you did for Paul and Silas, setting them free from prison. Speak to our hearts and reveal the path towards the life that we so long desire. For all of us, God, give us strength to live out our beliefs and to doubt our doubts to live out what we have always believed as a church family, the great commandment of loving God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength, and the great commission of seeing your gospels go to the ends of the earth. Because as a church family over these last 34 or so years, God, we have always believed as long as there is one person that doesn't know Jesus Christ, we're after them. And give us hope the confident assurance that our future is secure, that the work that we have done has not been in vain, that you are still working in and through our church family to reach the next generation for Christ, that what we have done these past 34 or so years here in this place was just a platform to continue to the work into the future. For God, we want your will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. And so we ask all of this in the name of Jesus that is above all names. Amen. Amen. Thank you, PG.